Hi, so it's Jacqueline Francis here and welcome to Stop Sweeping It Under The Carpet. So today I'm the one that's been interviewed by the lovely, beautiful um, Sabrina Bensalmi. Hey there and welcome back to another episode of Discussions of Exploration with your host Sabrina Bensalmi. Today I'm joined with a very special guest called Jacqueline Francis. We are going to be talking about how to give your relationship a health check. Now, when I've been watching Jacqueline in action, I've known her for many years now, and I was really invigorated by this. So let's get stuck into the conversation and let's see what golden nuggets Jacqueline's going to share with us. Jacqueline, please say hi to our listeners and our viewers and we'll take it from there. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Jacqueline here. Hope you're well. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> So tell us a bit about what is it you do? What's what's life according to Jack? In my world, oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm an author, an award-winning author. I mustn't forget that. Um, and I just love to write. And I'm also a relationship educator, um, trying to educate women and young girls about having healthy relationships. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Um, I have a really good feeling that we're in for a treat. I think it's this is definitely the difference that makes the difference because the quality of our relationship determines the quality of our lifestyle, our health, and it, in, it impacts all areas of our life. So, you know, let's get stuck in. So what's the story behind the story? Why this? Why this topic? Why, does, why relationships? Why this topic? I think um, simply because I've worked with, um, survivors of domestic abuse um, when they were in the refuge and initially I went to support them because some of them didn't speak any English so you know to get them back into into society to teach English because that's the subjects that I teach and um, but I soon found out uh, quite quickly that they were not in the right headspace or the right frame of mind for that because you know they're in a refuge and you know they're escaping abuse so I, what I found was that I, I spent many um, hours providing emotional support um, for them. And then I thought, well, you know, who's listening to them? Do you know what I mean? You know, are their voices being heard? How can I make these women's voices be heard? And also, um, I have a daughter. If she was in a relationship, would she know whether, you know, the signs, whether it was healthy or not? Do you know what I mean? And I have nieces and stuff like that. So I thought, okay, well... You know, let me write a book, you know, a, a fictional book, but the information is real because it happens in our everyday um, lives to these women. So I proceeded to write a, a, my debut novel called Walk Quite Run Quick um, for win an award for the storyline um, because it highlights coercive controlling behaviour and you can see it developing within the relationship. So, yeah, that was quite exciting. Like, mm. when you were kind of immersed in that, in that environment, what the kind of awakenings and expanded awareness that you gained, number one, like, you have quite rightly said, like, I was going to teach them English, but they're not even in the right framework to actually do that. And that is such a level of wisdom to go, well, actually, we need to take a few steps back. There's things that will need to happen we need to relay the foundation before we can even consider that aspect. Mm -hmm. I guess my, my thought process is, what do you feel 
is the domino effect, so to speak, because I've had various conversations, I've had my own experiences, and there are different things that are flagged up. But what do you think tends to be the domino effect? I love the fact that you're, you've created this novel to actually make people aware of the warning signs. But like, what factor does community play in this? Friends, um, family, like, how does that somewhat contribute? Because I think it'd be really interesting for the listeners and viewers just to gauge that expanded awareness. How does the family of the extended family help that person? Yes, or um, contribute to the abuse. I think both the, the, the pros and cons that tend to happen that they're not really aware of. Well, I mean, contribute to the abuse. I mean, first and foremost, um, I'd just like to make clear that abuse doesn't just happen in an intimate relationship. It could happen with family and friends as well, families particularly as well, um, which was part of my experience. But they can help. It's very difficult because I, 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 I interviewed a young lady who was being abused when she was still at school. And she wrote to her parents and they blamed her. Um, yeah, they blamed her, um, you know, because as far as they were concerned, she should not be in a relationship at that age. And then another young lady, <clears throat> story was saying that they couldn't, they found that they couldn't tell their, their mother um, because their mother didn't know they were actually in a relationship. So I'm only coming to you now that something's happened. You know, it was, it's very challenging. So, but if you can find a friend, a good friend to help you, to speak to, um, to you, to um, maybe go to an organization, Women's Aid or Contact Domestic Abuse Helpline, you know, um, but it's, it depends on individual circumstances, I think. Um, and it's not for me to say which one that they should choose because it's everybody's different really and the circumstances and the level of abuse as well is, is different. You know, I'm so. so glad that you've actually said that. You know, the, the question was really purposeful because I've heard a lot of cookie cutter answers and I'm so glad for you in your position with your level of knowledge and wisdom and expanded awareness to actually highlight this to the listeners and viewers. It's not one fit one thing that fits all it really is specifically to your specific case there mm. are certain situations you will need to just get up and leave there are certain mm. situations you will need to go inwards and grow there are certain mm. situations where you can talk and there's certain situations where you don't have the family to talk to hearing the story of the young child like the young girl yeah. um I, I really want you listeners and viewers to really tap into this like what belief systems are you installing within your family that somewhat seed fear so the child can be suffering to the extent that they really need your support but yet they can't say anything because of what their pre-assumption preconditions are thinking well I can't tell you anyway because I'm not supposed to be doing this in the first place so I, I really love that very honest because you could have just said okay this is it and that's what it is and I love the fact that you said no it is very it's a very specific for the individual. I, I really yeah. thank you for that. I really, did you have something else you were going to add? No, I mean, that's it. One size doesn't fit, doesn't fit all, basically, you know. So, and you don't know the scale of each individual's um, behaviour or problem, you know. So, 
I can't, I can't answer that question with a definitive answer. Yeah, no, no. And I, and I think that is beautiful. So, you know, for the purpose of you listeners and viewers, being very, very specific and clear about what the situation is for you and being very open and mindful with regards to what sort of support you feel you need. What is, what's causing you the most pain? You know, what's stopping you from speaking? What's stopping you from reaching out? Because if it's just a simple case that my parents are, they're going to go crazy. They're not going to accept it. You may just need someone to talk to. You may need someone just to hold your hand. And, you know, Jacqueline's quite rightly suggested to contact the relevant support systems that's out there because there is an array. Thankfully, there is an array. And the awesome thing is, is that we've got Jacqueline here and she has published not one, but two books that we're going to be talking about. So Jacqueline, talk to me about this external and internal situation that's going on for people that are going through abuse because like we just touched on there are things that we need to learn okay Mm. have no understanding about what's what's okay what's not okay what's crossing the red line what's borderline unless we have those checkpoints which your book actually helps the reader to get to that's when things can really get messy i wonder if you can just walk us through the first book the second book and just tell me how they marry together because i think it's absolutely beautiful the way you've done that (laughs) okay so the first book is a a fictional crime book it's not a very big book um it's called walk quiet run quick um and i've written it so that when you read it you're able to recognize some of the signs and shout at the page and say can't you see what's going on here do you know what I mean so that get so involved or even to recognize that you know their relationship something similar to what my main character is going through in terms of a controlling behavior they are also going through it as well not realizing that it's controlling and it's abusive so that's the first book walk quite run quick and and whether she actually because she has friends telling her there's something not quite right here but because she's so in love with this guy and he's you know all that she's ever wanted and she's now become codependent on him she doesn't believe that he's not got her best interests at heart because you know as they always say he says he loves me he wants to do everything for me he does this he does that um until it's it's just too late because now she has become isolated which is one of the you know, abuse, abusive behaviours, you know, she no longer has the friends, the families, who's cut her off. Um, but one day she realises, you know, is this going to be my life? Am I going to be in this gilded cage forever? You know, what do I do? I've got to do something, you know. So she, you know, she makes a plan. And I think it's important to make a plan if you can um, and try to get maybe a neighbour or try to contact a friend to get involved in your escape, so to speak. But it, I mean, it ends at a certain, the, the book ends at a certain point where I could write another book to it, <laughs> you know, but then I went on to write The Relationship Jigsaw, Eight Key Pieces for a Healthy, Happy Relationship. And that more or less answers some of the questions that the main character, Val, in Walk Quiet Run Quick, was asking, how is it that I didn't know the warning signs? What are the warning signs? You know, what are the, you know, the red flags? How could I not have seen it? You know, the, the, the characteristics of this perpetrator, you know, he's nice and he was charming at first, you know, but then she starts to remember that 
yeah, he did do that. But she swept it under the carpet, you know. She said, she, or she normalised some of the problems or she minimised some of the chain of events that was happening to her. Um, so she just sort of like went with the flow. But the relationship jigsaw highlights the traits of a perpetrator. It also highlights what coercive controlling behaviour is. But, but it also highlights if you are going to leave, how do you go about making those plans to leave? And the other stakeholders who are, have a responsibility to help people or women or girls or whoever in situations such as this. Um, and it also, after you've left, I've also written how, how do you build yourself back up? How do you get back? How do you try to get back to gaining your self-confidence, your self-worth and to start exploring again? So that's how I sort of like try to marry the two. You know what I'd love you to do? If you can hold both of the books up for the purpose of the ones that are actually viewing the video so you can see the cover, please. Okay, so that's the first one. Okay, walk right around quick. Um, which is a fictional crime. And then this is the second one, which is a um, non-fiction book. And as you can see by the picture, you know, putting the pieces of the puzzle together to empower and, and to educate. Um, you know, so I've just chosen eight key pieces I think is important. Obviously, there are more, but I've just chosen those eight key pieces. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, thank you so much for touching on those books. I love that you gave away just enough for a bit of ounce of curiosity. Um, for me personally, because I know what you share and what you're capable of, um, it was a very big deal for me to have this conversation with you because I really have a strong belief that both of these books together collectively are the difference that can make the difference to your life listeners and viewers and it might not be for you it may be for someone that you know and more importantly what I do like remember this actual talk is not entitled domestic violence it is mm. how to give your relationships health check okay mm. now, for the purpose of your listeners and viewers we want you to really allow that to permeate and saturate your thought process because this isn't about just the relationships you have in a romantic capacity. It's not just the relationship you have with your family. It is every relationship you've had, are currently having or going to have. So it's not this, this conversation is not a case of, mm, this is not really for me. This is a world wide issue which includes you the listener and you the viewer why because if we don't have conscious awareness emotional intelligence you see the thing is we don't know what we don't know so there's no point beating ourselves up when things show up but once you've been given the tools which Jacqueline is currently sharing with you through her books then you have to take the responsibility to say, you know what, I'm going to integrate essence of this, what resonates with me, because I can assure you there's going to be so much that you can take away. I wonder, I wonder on that note, Jacqueline, if there's one little goodie that you can share with, with the listeners and viewers about what are some of the things that people go to, mm, I didn't realise that, I'll give that some thought. Has anyone read it and sort of said, mm, that really made me think twice, because I've never thought about that before. Mm. I think um, the, the coercive controlling part, what is, you know, um, the coercion in, in, the, in the relationship, what is the 
controlling part in the relationship, what other the, the phrases that are that are used, um, like for example, going back to that young lady that we were talking about when he had, when they have abused when he's when she's been abused and he says you know that I know that I I love you or that um, no one's going to um, love you the way that I love you or you know if you if you leave me I'll kill myself these guilt tripping conversations you know. Who wants to be responsible for someone's death? Don't mean to be morbid or anything like that, but you know things like that do happen. Um, so again, me just trying to create some sort of awareness in terms of the phrases, because yes, I can talk about it, but what are the words? What are the words that are being uttered? What are the words that are being said so I can hear it? And that's what I've tried to put in the in the fictional book, Walk Quite Run Quick. The common phrases that that it's almost as if there's a manual for these abusers that they use these words or phrases you know where is this manual that they're reading from you know because it's the same type of words and phrases that are heard time and time again um you know so 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 I true so true yeah, yeah because even last week i um, there was a program on channel five i don't know if you saw it but um it was um victim support officers from victim support talking about, you know, because of the lockdown, there's, you know, the increase in life of domestic abuse and trying to give information as, you know, of what to do and, you know, look out for the signs, stuff like that. Then after that programme, there was a programme called, a documentary called The Abused, which followed two women who were being abused. And it's exactly the same words, exactly the same phrases, you know, and, and also the reasons, the question, one question that you should never ask is why don't you leave? And I think, you know, that's the question that a lot of people always ask them is, I mean, we might need another programme for this, but there's so many. You are touching on so much truth, it's unreal, and I'm just like, I'm just like cheering you on on the other side, because yeah. there are these questions, and I think that's what I was trying to tap into with the other question that I asked, is how do our families and friends perpetuate the situation i feel that there is not there is no other question that is more patronizing than why don't you leave yeah 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 it's i mean i don't get it but maybe because i've, I've gone on um, um, on courses where you know these are the reasons why you you, you can't just get up and leave um, and i guess once you've once, once you've provided that information, then you'll have a better understanding because it's not as easy as it sounds. And as much as that person, that woman, that young girl, that you know, young boy wants to leave, there are reasons why they cannot leave. Yes. So if anyone comes to you and say that, you know, this is what's happening to me, and please try not to make your answer by, by saying, you know, why don't you just leave? Because it's not as simple as that. Wow. You know, <laughs> you've almost literally rendered me speechless. You have no idea how much of a, uh, how refreshing it is to hear you say this. And listeners and viewers, I don't know what's going on in your life, but the chances are if you've experienced any level of this in any area of your life, you will understand exactly what we're touching on. It is the most absurd. Why not ask something along the lines of what sort of assistance do you need? What, 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 what's, what's the, because they pray, they ask, what's it you've been asking for? Is it something that I can help? Maybe not me, but maybe there's someone. 
Let me see that because I think that's more of a practical question that's going to alleviate because if you imagine this person is constantly probed by guilt, that's one of the reasons why they're there. Now you're adding another layer to, is it just get up and leave? So then I'm thinking, there must be something wrong with me. Like, why have I not done that? Like, if it's so easy, and then you add more to the self-doubt. Now, what I absolutely love about your book, and listeners and viewers, like, please leave comments. Please get in touch with Jacqueline. We will be leaving information towards the end. Is that she's given you a scenario to start firing up. That makes sense. That's me. I can resonate. Then she's actually said to you, okay, this is what you need to do to heal, to start that healing journey. This is how you can start taking steps. I love this because you said not the leap. That could happen if you're ready to go. This is how you're going to plant the seed so it can happen. Start planning. And then she says, once you're on the other side, this is how we start rebirthing ourselves. And I'm telling you, that's why I'm so passionate about having the conversation with you. Because once and for all, for the, like, I don't hear it all the time. I know when I was going through my situation, the nonsense I was asked is, why didn't you leave? Well, if it was easy as that, I would have done that. But yeah. it was the fear of, where do I go on my own? Who's going to hold my hand? How am I going to deal with this? But I'm not even speaking about it in the first instance. So just me speaking is my liberation. For me to start verbalizing what I'm going through was the biggest thing. Then someone says, why don't you leave? Shut down. You go back home. You just go, well, let me just deal with it. But Jacqueline, you've put such a clear and concise and it, it really helps to delete some of those negative self-talk that will go on for, where am I going to go? What do I do? Your book says plan. So I could have just sat down and planned. Then it's like, okay, well, when this happens, who do you call? Who? Where's the support mechanism? I could have done that, right? And then I could have went, oh, she says, okay, when you get there, it's not going to be easy, but this is where we start putting the building blocks to start rebuilding you. Yeah. Now, this is the reason I'm so in love with the work you're doing because exactly what you're saying, now is the time when the, the, the numbers are going through the roof. Now is the time, not only domestic violence, I have to keep echoing this. This is in relationships. I hear siblings, they have unhealthy relationships. I'm hearing friends, unhealthy relationships. I see dominance between a mother and a daughter. But if you don't know, and it's so normalized to you. You see, one of the things that I asked someone that was going through a situation, they were going through domestic abuse. And I said to them, who was your first abuser? I really want you to reflect on that, listeners and viewers. Because the chances are it didn't start with that relationship. Mm. It became an amplification over time. But who was the first abuser? Was you at home and it was just normal to put each other down? Oh, what's that rubbish? You, you know, no difference. So when you're in a relationship, until you read Jacqueline's book, it's perfectly normal, right? Yeah. So take yeah. a note, listeners and viewers. Who was your first abuser? And sometimes yeah. our biggest enemy is ourselves. Maybe mm. you've just been too hard on yourself. Jacqueline, you know, over to you, but I, I'm so passionate and I really believe in your work and I absolutely love your work. I really do. And I think it's so needed in a broader sense. It really is. Thank you. Can I just point out something? To, because I refrain from using domestic violence. I, I would use the word domestic abuse because violence just encapsulates, you know, just the beating and it just forgets everything else. You know, so if you say abuse, then we know we're talking about the bigger picture here. Um, so I just want to make that point. 
I'm so glad you threw that in there. Like listeners and viewers, that is such a poignant point to make. Very clear distinction. And thank you for flagging that out because it is rightly so. People think that, okay, well, if you're getting beaten, that's it. So what about the words? What about the finances? What about the control? Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. But like you're saying, these things take place in the work environment. It takes place in families. Okay, I've spoken to many people for many years. I've had different variations of all these different things that start to show up. But it's the question, who is your first abuser? It really is. It, it really is. What are the unhealthy relationships that you've been having that now equate to you now being a romantic essence of it? Just the expression of what's going on. And Jacqueline, I, I really would love to just delve into your thought process around what is your vision for your books? Where is this going? Who do you want to partner with? Who are you seeking out to join your message to help you liberate people from themselves and from their situations? I mean, you know, we spoke earlier on, I mean, I'd love to join up with some sort of charity or um, something, someone like that. I think the bigger picture actually was um, some sort of documentary um, for, the, <laughs> for the book. And I know that it's not far-fetched, it, it is possible. Um, you know, I likened it a bit like, I don't know if you um, saw that programme, um, Murdered by My Boyfriend, and that was done quite a while ago, quite a number of years ago, and it was such a passionate, passionate story. Um, but I wanted, I, I'd like the book to concentrate more on the coercive and highlight the coercive side of things. Um, because I know many of us know what the physical side, but the coercive side, because it's against the law, you know. Um, and you just, oh, I don't even know. I mean, I'd like it to go a long way. <laughs> Partner with as many people who have a passion to eradicate, reduce, whatever the word you want to use, domestic abuse, because, you know, no one deserves to be beaten or talked to or devalued that way. I mean, what makes someone think that they can do that? Um, you know, and in, in the book, in um, The Racial Jigsaw, I do actually have um, a piece written by a barrister who defends perpetrators. He wrote a, a little bit for me and I said, well, what, what do they think when they're abusing these, you know, the women? And he said that sometimes they don't even realise that their actions are abusive. Um, you know, so that's why I think it's important to, to, to educate what coercive and controlling behaviour is. And when you go into a new relationship, try to set boundaries, you know, instead of just going with the flow, you know. And I think that might start to put you in good stead, you know, because at least your partner knows what you tolerate and what you don't tolerate. Beautiful. I, I cannot agree with you enough. I know that in my early experiences in romantic relationships, I had no boundaries. Like, I'm just going to keep it real. <laughs> Everything went. It was like, it's all gorgeous. We just go with the flow. And now I'm going, wow, if I knew now, like, if I, what I know now, if I knew it then, Oh my God, question. Yeah. I hadn't, you know, oh wow, he looks nice and, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. And I love that golden nugget that you're sharing is like, what are your boundaries? 
Mm. Are you mm. the kind of person that all areas are accessible and mm. everything goes? So then, yeah. you know, how do people know when it's enough, when you've met the line and crossed the line? So I think that's mm. so good in every aspect. You know, do your friends just hang out with you when they've got nothing better to do? Do they tend not to invite you when they're going out together in groups, but then just checking on when, you, when, they, when they can get something from you? So I think it's so important what you said that what are your boundaries in your family are you the only one that tends to run around with a cape on your back but the minute you put your hands up and say look can I have some support everyone's too busy no yeah. one wants to show up so what are your boundaries what are your what would, what is it that you value what do you tolerate what do you not tolerate and I I can definitely side with the fact that I wasn't really implementing those things into my life until I was about 35, in all honesty. And I was a slow learner, you know. Sometimes we don't realise, and it's character, yeah. and there's infrastructure, there's so many different layers, and I'm so glad the way you put on it. But you know what excites me? Is that these books that you've got out in the world, like I said, there's a scenario people can relate to. There's, okay, how do I go from here to where I desire to be? What do I do after I've shifted? But you've just added another layer that I think is super phenomenal is that this forgiveness aspect needs to bring into the essence that this person is suffering too. Not from the mindset of I feel sorry for them, I'm going to have guilt for them, but there is a 360 degree healing process that needs to take place because they have to go on their own journey. And I love that because one of my visions that I've always wanted to do and I will do in the future is that I want to work with couples that have gone through that and realize that when they separated, that healing took place. And I want their men to be able to speak to other men because having that from the barrister, I think that is so phenomenal. This is in your book. I think that is so amazing. So again, I, I, I just want to be careful with the way I'm saying this, listeners and viewers. It's not that if you're in a scenario and going, okay, but his dad never loved him. So it's, okay. it's not okay. I'm not saying it's okay what he did to you. Or what she did to you what I am saying is that it's really important that we have the awareness that sometimes and it's people say hurt people hurt people that's not true because mm. a lot of people that go through domestic violence they don't go on to hurt people okay yeah. so mm. hurt people that don't actually deal with their emotions do hurt people and they project mm. they could be very nasty with it but at the same time they are going through pain that's the reason mm. they inflict it on someone at that level yeah. and it's always been very exciting for me to get that if these men can start healing themselves and start speaking to young men to turn themselves around, because I know that a lot of domestic, especially I'm talking more about domestic stuff here. Men, when they see a woman firing off with life, people loving them, the fear is that, oh my God, someone might take you away from me or you might not need me. So how can I hide you from the world? It's that childlike mentality. I don't want to shed my toy with anyone. And if they see it, they might take it off of me. So the intention can somewhat start off as pure. But then if I don't know how to deal with these emotions that are firing off, and sometimes they're experiencing emotions they've never felt before. You might be the first person have ever had that level of intimacy with and they're just thinking how on earth am I going to shut you down so you don't believe in your greatness let me turn off your light because if you shine so bright I won't be able to contain you mm. and this is the, the issue for a lot of women I know that's what I went through because I was surprised when he actually said to me I don't know if you're going to need me when you get to where you're going I was like what that's how you mm. think you're going to actually 
make me enjoy this. That's just crazy. Because you could have just talked to me about that. We could have a discussion. So I yeah. love that your message is that it's not a cookie cutter situation. Not everyone's situation is the same. But let's get you to read the books, see where you're at, Put some plans in place so you know what you need, not what everyone needs, what you need, and start taking steps towards it. And again, you know, Jacqueline's here to support you through that process. You have actually has products and services that she can utilize to help you along the way. So Jacqueline, how can our listeners and viewers connect with you and contact you to to kickstart their journey with you? Okay, so if you want to get in contact with me, then you can email me at info at Jacqueline-Francis.com. You can check out my website at www.jacqueline-francis.com. And I'm also on Instagram at JacquelineFrancis17, Twitter, Jackie Francis. Yeah, on Twitter, yeah, that's it. I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Listeners and viewers, I really hope that you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Jacqueline, thank you for agreeing to meet me in this space. I am in awe. I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing because I know it's going to save lives and it already is. But I'm I'm a big fan. Just know that much. And thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome.